You are listening to Zen and the Art of Triathlon. Well, hey there, you tri freaks and geeks, and welcome to another episode of Zen and the Art of Triathlon, the podcast. Where I take you with me at the Ironman level of endurance training, and that requires some balance. So we learn a little Zen along the way. You can hear me. I'm walking to my flip flops as <laughs> I'm leaving the pool and wrapping up a week. This little segment here, I'm going to have a little training tip for you and a couple pieces of cool gear. Last episode I mentioned something about convenience last episode was 50 great triathlon training tips and one of them was all about convenience make everything as convenient as possible so I had a moment of revelation and it was that throw my gear in here making sure my shampoo bottles aren't are turned vertically so they don't leak and I'm, I'm beat up I'm tired from running more uh, than I have in a long time because my feet are healing up because I'm training smart and the uh, I ran 26 miles this weekend 26 and a half split up over two days and that's the most I've done in a while and, um, you know, I'm, I'm beat up from that. And so I cut back on the biking to, uh, to, uh, allow me to uh, run well, because I'm trying to improve my running, increase my running back to where it used to be and strapping in, strap in everybody. And I, uh, was like, okay, I don't really want to bike. And I've noticed that all this extra running. Yeah. It makes me not want to bike as much and that's okay because I got to look at the big picture and I'm like, well, I do want to do something Sunday evening. And then I was thinking, oh, you know, I can uh, go swim now that uh, we've got this uh, new pool closer to me. I was like, go swim or go bike. And so one trick I've learned is to visualize yourself doing that thing. And that'll help spell out the pieces that you're missing. And it'll help motivate you. So I was laying there and I was like, well, okay, if I get on the bike, I'll probably bike like this. And this is what I'll look like. And this is what I'll feel like. Oh yeah. Okay. Some cycling shorts. I need to find those. And then I need to get this gear together and make this fuel bottle and all this stuff. Right. And then I was like, well, okay. So there's that. Now let's um, visualize a swim. And I'm such in the habit of swimming all the way across town where it's a 20 minute drive over there uh, each way that I was like, oh yeah, it's, man, that's the down. I really want to swim, but the downside is, is it so far away? <laughs> and then I realized, no, it's not. <laughs> it's five minutes away. It's four minutes by car and then one minute walking through the front door. And so then I thought, well, that's uh, that's different. And then all of a sudden the swim became so much more, um, you know, doable. I was like, well, that's cool, man. I can, uh, I can just go swim and, 
and you know in just a few minutes i'm in the water and something so simple you know it's less gear actually in a way than um biking oh man i took an exit out here that i'm gonna have to do a u-turn and so i was like oh okay well that's cool and i actually haven't uh swam in the evening in a in a long time so i was like well that'll make it interesting to go see what this new pool is like in the evening like what is it like is it crowded is it uh, uh you know what i'm just gonna go straight i got people behind me and do i um yeah so all of a sudden that just made it like interesting you know i was like oh cool so now i got something to discover something that uh, makes it uh, more fun and my cool piece of gear that i wanted to tell you all about is this uh master lock it's been out for a while i'm sure but it's like um it's like a joystick button master lock and you um you push it different directions and you can change the code, right? So I've got this and they come in bright colors because it's really for kids, but it's, it's a good locker, good locker lock. So it's a lot like if you have that passcode on your phone where you swipe like a pattern up, down, left, down, down, right? Uh, super code to release Mario Kart kind of thing. Well, this is like the same thing. And it is awesome because I don't have to remember a locker combination. And, you know, I've done the locker combinations where you can uh, do your own letters. You know, you can kind of take them apart and build build your own letters the way you want it. And that's pretty good. This is even better, man. It's like, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to tell you my combination, but I just go up to my locker when I'm done swimming. I don't even have to think, man. I just go bang, 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 right? And then opens up, done. And you can set it to like five, four, seven, however many you want. You can change the combo, you know? And I am super amped about that. And the other cool thing that I forgot to mention last episode, but I was using it today, is a sleeping mask. So I was listening to Tim Ferriss' podcast, and he was mentioning some uh, tips and tricks that he had. Uh, And one of his was um, some kind of weird sleeping mask that's I don't know whatever it is but that reminded me just a nice sleeping mask Uh, I went to uh, Bed Bath & Beyond and got this sleeping mask and it's funny you know it's got like stars and moons and stuff (laughs) it's so goofy looking but it is manly you know don't question that because it's not pink or anything you know it's like navy and gold but anyway I uh it's kind of like a padded sleeping mask and that thing is awesome because with that and headphones in you can block out the world and get in your naps and and you can you can sleep in the middle of the day lights don't bother you your spouse girlfriend boyfriend can get up and be getting their triathlon gear together for their workout but you're gonna sleep in right and um the light doesn't bother you you can just keep on sleeping man and then even better um it's great for uh traveling so you're on an airplane and you uh want to sleep in your um in your seat 
you know, there's always that person that has the freaking window open into the sun. And they're the, they're the seat in front of you. And, but it's like a, it's like a kid and you're, you want to yell at them and like, Hey, drop that window. But it's like a kid and they're like, wow, you know, and they're looking out and, uh, man, it's once in a lifetime for them. First time they've ever seen the view from up there. And so you're like, you don't want to be a killjoy and tell them to close that, close that door, that window. So you, you, um, leave that open. Okay. Oh, you can put on your sleeping mask and be cool. All right. Now let's see. The other thing I want to talk about was my swim workout, which was, uh, well, there's two other things. Swim workout. I was so beat up for my runs, but not bad. I'm going to talk about my runs in a second. My runs are freaking great, but, and there's a method to it that I want to talk about, but my, um, legs are sore. I'm going to try to stop smacking my tongue when I pause and legs are sore and um, so I'm going to go swim and I'm tired. Imagine that you ran all the time on flat ground. If you're just running on flat ground, how are you ever going to get faster? How are you ever going to do hill work? Because hills are the number resistance training is the number one way to get faster, right? Well, it's the same thing in the pool. You can swim faster, but still the pool's flat. You know, you can swim into a current, but that doesn't really do anything. The way that you get extra resistance to improve you in the pool is drag. So there's one way where they can tie you to the end of the pool with surgical tubing. We used to do that, stretchy cords. And so you have to try to swim to the other side and uh, you can't, but you're fighting for it, which is really, that's a really cool workout. But uh, you can wear extra swimsuits, which take time to put on and take off with all that you know, to add just a little bit of drag, but no, the killer app is drag shoot, which I talk about all the time. You just clip it on and then bam, you are swimming uphill big time. And then you can do sets, right? So I was, um, swimming along. I did 10 minutes easy warm up, and then five minutes drag shoot, then five minutes easy, then five minutes drag shoot, five minutes easy. And I was planning on doing another five minutes drag shoot, but I got a minute into it and I was like, screw that, man. I'm tired. <laughs> oh man. But what it made me think about was, is, was that there is a very, very sane way to triathlon training that is very useful that we should all think about. And it goes something like this. You can get crazy training and train, 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 right? Great. The, um, the smarter way I've learned over all these years is to, we left the pool. Now I'm on my street, by the way, that's pretty cool, huh? And the, uh, the smarter way is you train your volume going super, super easy and get that in. But it kind of like Ironman pace, right? You just want to, or even slower. You're just jogging like 70% of effort, which is nothing. You're just jogging along. It's like zone one, zone two, just doing nothing. But then you dose yourself with um, hard efforts. So on the run, you dose yourself with a, with a hard hill. And you do that as prescribed and then you go back to just going super easy and it's that that method is how the Scandinavians 
won so many um, win still today uh, so many endurance events because it's called fartlek and it's, which is uh, Swedish or Norwegian or whatever for uh, speed play which is why they named those pedals that so speed play is um, you go hard on occasion and then those doses of hard actually make you faster and then you go right back to super super easy and no in between because in between is not good for you and the doses of hard improve you and then when you go back to going easy you're just working on your efficiency and your form and just cruising along and what happens is is you're easy because you've been dosing yourself with hard your easy becomes faster and faster and faster you're still going at a very low heart rate just jogging but now your jog is an eight minute mile instead of a 10 minute mile because you've been dosing yourself with the with the really hard and the zen portion of this little segment is finding that balance and learning to be okay with that and just going out for your your easy workouts and what that does is it creates this uh no stress and you're uh you're very level-headed and very chill and very cool about everything and then you um you can do your hard workouts uh, as needed, and you know that those improve you, and it's very relaxing and very calming, right? Isn't that cool? And then the other tip I wanted to share with you is when you're increasing your distance, uh, you wanna increase it just a little bit at a time, and this is why you want metrics, they are so handy, and you want repeatable routes, is for my long runs, the secret to my success and my Michael J. Foxness is that um, I've been increasing my long runs half a mile at a time. <laughs> That's it. And what I do is I learn from my last run what worked and then what didn't. Right? So on my last run, um, I was like, I'll give you a really good example. Two runs ago, um, I overfueled just a little bit, and then I noticed that it made me kind of bottom out a little bit. So I was, uh, I was like, okay, I got a little greedy with the fuel, and it actually makes you bonk because your stomach's a little bit too full. So this time, when you take a sip of your fuel, don't take uh, such a big sip. Take just. Just tough it out and take smaller sips because taking bigger sips actually um, you're gonna you're gonna get backed up and then it's uh, it's actually counterproductive and so um, I did and I ran the exact same route and I went and these are just training runs right I'm not racing I think on, on Saturday I did 13.1 miles I was gonna do 13 and then I did the point one just uh, for kicks, you know, because that's a half marathon. And um, I did 13.1 miles at like a 9.37 pace. And then the very next day, that was yesterday morning. So then Sunday morning, which is this morning, I went and ran 13.5. I just went, you know, that point one didn't really count. I did 13.5. Uh, so my half mile farther, exact same route, but I added in one out and back on a cul-de-sac to make it that much longer. It's about half a mile. And 
I ended uh, and I did a 9.17 pace. Exact same temps, same time of day. Even though I'd run my longest run since injury the day before, the very next day I ran, and I biked that afternoon, an awesome bike ride. Uh, the very next day I ran a little bit further and ran um, faster. And it's because I learned from the previous day. And a couple episodes ago, we talked about Kaizen. So Kaizen is these little, you just, you just want to do just a tiny bit more, a tiny bit of improvement, a tiny bit of improvement until you get to the volume that is appropriate for the distance that you're training for. So when you look at uh, a half Ironman, let's say you want to do a half Ironman or you want to do an Ironman. Okay. Do there's uh, you can kind of guess and and do do the work, or you could Google it and find out what are what how many hours per week or how many miles per week or kilometers or whatever you want do Kona qualifiers age group Kona qualifiers do for for training for their peak weeks, right? You Google that and start digging around on Google and you'll start to find out that the, there's like standards that the best age groupers do to do the best in their age group. And then you can start aiming your, your life towards that. And then everybody's a little bit different. So you're like, okay, I don't need, I come from a swimming background. So like, I don't need to swim quite as much um, as, as uh, this one person does. Um, I do need to run more. Um, to get my running up to where it is and um, biking is about the same, right? So you can um, increment your training load, just tie your long run half a mile, half a mile per week until you get up to whatever the, the long, the most recommended long run is for your distance that you're training for, right? And I remember one time I, um, a couple years ago, maybe, no, it was like three years ago. I decided I was going to try I was training for the 100 miler and I decided I was going to try to see if I could get my mileage up to a hundred miles per week, hundred miles of running and just not do anything else, you know, just swim and bike as if I wanted to at all. And I decided to increase my distance no more than 10% per week, overall volume just 10% per week. So you know what that was? That was like a quarter mile here, half mile there, quarter mile here, half mile there, more than last time. And I went from 50 miles a week to 100 miles a week in like two months or something like that, or less, maybe a month and a half doing that. And I was fine and I got faster and it was uh, it was so much fun. And then I was hovering around 100 miles a week and I'm like, dude, this is, because I adjusted to it so gradually, um, and I don't come from a running background. Okay. So I'm not like a good runner. <laughs> and there I was running hundred miles a week, averaging like a low eight or minute mile or something. And the, um, it was, it was doable because I was only going to run a little bit more than last week. And then that's the other thing is that easily half of triathlon is finding the time, right? And, and finding the time means you got to battle the elements, which is your home life, your work life, uh, your everything life, um, to try to find the time, the scheduling. Well, 
if you only increase a little tiny bit per week, then you can, um, it's easy to figure out the little tweaks here and there to uh, get that time. You know, you're like, oh, if I do this, I'll get that extra time if I do that. You're not all of a sudden trying to add in, find like four more hours, right? You're just trying to find 15 minutes. And there it is, 15 minutes, piece of cake. You know, you can find 15 minutes and uh, you can change up your schedule. You can do little things and get your 15 minutes. All right. So that is uh, some training tips and some balance and some gear for you to kick off this episode. And I'm going to change up the format of this podcast, uh, at least for this episode, and going to mix in the news as it happens. And we're going to do more freeform of an episode and see how we like that. And that way I can get shows out more frequently. Okay. And oh my gosh, let's take a break out. Bang. All right. We are back. Let's do a a little bit of salt stick while we're here. So salt stick, I make my own fuel. I'm experimenting with a new fuel, uh, glucose, straight glucose, uh, is what your body uses and actually you can absorb it through your mouth uh, first and this is going to sound crazy to you guys but it actually works I've tried um, corn syrup so light corn syrup it has a they also add a little bit of vanilla flavor and they also add a little bit of salt and it is straight glucose and in the United States it's labeled as corn syrup um and uh, in Europe, if you go buy it, it is labeled as glucose. It's the same thing. So don't get freaked out. You're not, and it says on the bottle, this is not high fructose corn syrup. <laughs> it would be very clear. And it is not. High fructose corn syrup is bad for you. This is just, uh, uh, just glucose. And I've been trying it and it works really, really, really well. So the whole point I'm telling you about this is it's um, deficient and salt uh, and electrolytes. And so salt stick um, are the capsules that I use to add some electrolytes to it. And it is easy to do because it comes in capsules. And then also you can do chewables or just add it to your water or whatever you want to do. Anyway, the stuff works great. It is uh, balanced for what you sweat out. So they took ratios of what people sweat out and then put that into a capsule form so that uh, it's not just uh, sodium and chloride and you know who knows how much magnesium or potassium no they know the right amount and that's the ratios that they put in there so it's putting back in you what you uh, sweat it out it's really cool so you can get your salt stick at a discount you can go to saltstick.com slash zentri and it asks for a code and that code is Zentri. And then guess what? You have your discount. Isn't that cool? And uh, there's a store locator. Uh, ShopSaltStick.com has a store locator. And uh, the Zentri stuff's uh, good for the United States. All right. So this morning was my first in forever were uh, first experience lately in the past five years. <laughs> Um, biking on a Monday morning instead of swimming. I've been in the habit forever of swimming Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And that's because the pool is typically on the other side of the universe. And getting to the pool is such a pain in the ass that I like to do it before work. Listen, it's just logistics, okay? We all have our own uh, 
things that we don't want to get into explain forever about. Just believe me. Uh, it sucked. So swimming Monday, Wednesday, Friday was the best time to go swim early in the morning before work. Uh, last night, as we talked about, I went and swam uh, on Sunday evening. So I didn't need to swim Monday morning. And I watched, um, I got on the bike this morning. And one, I already knew this, but it's nice to be uh, to have refreshers. Um, you have in your mind how things are going to be before you ever do them and the downsides and why not to do it. And you forget the upsides because you don't really know the upsides because it's either been forever or you, so you forgot about them or you just don't know yet. And so I was like, oh, you know, I'm going to get on the bike and blah, 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 blah. No, the upside is, is you feel freaking great. <laughs> and you have a good start to the week and it's super convenient. And, uh, oh, and then like, the downside was I was going to have to cut my workout short a little bit because I did sleep in just a little bit and it was kind of slow to go. And I wanted to take less time on the bike and have a little bit more time to get to work. And um, so I was like, well, this workout's going to be shorter. So um, what's that going to be like? And I was going to try the glucose sipping um, on the bike. And that's different because I've just been doing it on the run. And I'm like, well, that's not going to be as good. No, I was completely wrong. It was awesome. It's fantastic. A shorter workout and then sipping on uh, glucose from a gel flask uh, with some salt stick inside was uh, fantastic. It was great. I had a great workout. And so there's all that. But and I wanted to add the whole thing about some YouTube videos. I didn't do Zwift. I watched YouTube videos and I ended up on some TED Talks. Well, first, Let's talk about uh, GTN. There was this thing where you roll your hands in uh, to reduce aerodynamic drag. Uh, it's a GTN video about Global Triathlon Network, about uh, bike fit. And yeah, I've known that for a long time and been doing that. But you roll, this was thing, a thing I hadn't noticed. This was cool, something I learned, is if you get your hands closer together and then palms down so your wrists are up the back of your wrists are facing up then um, it actually relaxes your shoulders if you do palms out you can just do it while you're just sitting here listening to this or not palms out palms facing in instead of down and wrists turn the top of your wrist turns out um, you have to twist your shoulders out to do that and that creates stress on your upper body so palms down wrists on top of each other if you can for more aerodynamic but palms down actually uh, relaxes the shoulders cool so check out that video GTN and then I got over to TED Talks like why people ultra run and um, one that I found this girl like I totally identify with was I wanted to be an explorer she said the same thing she wanted to be an explorer growing up because I grew up in Boy Scouts and like trekking around all over the place well there's nothing left to explore sorta well majorly um, but unless you want to go to Mars <laughs> and die of radiation, but, um, you can explore by exploring, uh, places that people have been, but in different ways, right? So yeah, everybody's been across, uh, let's say Texas, for example, but have, how many people have actually run across Texas? Very few. How many people have biked from this town to that town, you know, this way? And then you're like, oh, okay. 
wow, that's different. And so now you're doing, um, you're exploring different ways. And so this girl said, you know, I don't need some traumatic event in my life that was just terrible for me to overcome. Um, and uh, she ran the entire uh, Tour de France route. And I think that's, she's the first one ever or something. See, so she's exploring. And uh, she just wanted to do something that in that explorer spirit. And then uh, there was a um, talk uh, from this uh, journalist lady who started following Ram and not being an endurance athlete at first, uh, kind of fell in love with it. But she said um, endurance athletes have uh, three things that are different. One, they have an array of tools that they like to test out you know, to solve problems. They're big into problem solving. Two is they're uh, big into, what is it? Um, God, I had a brain fart. <laughs> Being alone. I was like, it's the one that describes me the most. Uh, it's just, uh, you know, being by yourself so you can think, you're contemplative. Uh, you think that being alone is going to give you time to kind of figure things out, I guess. Uh, there could be a million reasons why you want to be alone. And yeah, uh, ultra endurance athletes uh, don't mind being alone. And actually, they kind of prefer it. Like, I, I don't get people that want to do big bike rides with a whole bunch of other people. I mean, I did it first. But then once I wanted to start getting better, I realized I had to train myself uh, my own way. And um, then that required me being by myself. And then I started falling in love with being by myself and uh, going for long bike rides and runs alone. And then the third one is ultra endurance athletes have a uh, different relationship to pain. And that's where they pain is an object other than them. And this is very Zen where uh, you are not what you are experiencing, what you're experiencing is, um, doesn't have to be you. And so you take somebody that's not like this and when they get cold, they think that the cold is going to kill them and it's going to last forever. And it is them. And, uh, uh, it's, it's very traumatic, but then somebody that, um, is experienced in, in endurance stuff goes, Oh, I'm cold. Okay. That's interesting. Now, or it's more like I am feeling cold. Cold is outside of me. It's temporary. It won't last forever. And um, I can get around this, right? And then, and that's huge. That's uh, from Fight Club where he said uh, pain, he pours acid on, on the other guy's hand. And he said, disconnect the pain. And then conquer your pain. And then you can do anything. Uh once you realize that you are not your pain, you are not your khakis. <laughs> you can do anything, uh, but you got to disconnect from pain. And then the other cool video, oh, what was it? Oh, it's a uh, guy from South London. He's black. And uh, that's if you want to look for the, uh, the TED talk. And it's like, why do we run or something like that? So he's got this really cool accent. And he uh, was a DJ and then got tired of... Um, uh, he thought life was awesome being a DJ, but then after a while it gets old and then you start getting out of shape. And then, so he started running and then, um, and there's all that, which is really cool. He's a fantastic talker. So, um, that's a, uh, it's really good to watch somebody that knows how to communicate. And then he, um, 
What's the other thing he does? Oh, he says you've got to make running. He formed like some big club, a running club. And he says it's got to have a cool name or whatever, like Zentri Army. But then also, or Zentri Samurai. But then he said, um, you've got to make it a lifestyle. Uh, people don't want to go do a thing. They want to be a thing. And you've got to go do that. So anyway, that was my experience this morning. So these were, these were all the cool things I experienced by doing something different and my expectations were completely wrong and I had just a blast. So you just never know. So go try something new. All right. All right. I got to go inside to W to the ERK out. Bang. Bada boom, bada bang. All right. Leaving the pool and evening swim. And, you know, I was talking earlier about just be patient and you will get more efficient at things. Don't get too frustrated with things being inefficient. Yeah, man. I am super efficient now at my evening swim. And then also, um, you don't know what's going to happen. That's a, that's an upside that you might be all into. And I just, uh, had something. So I'm uh, swimming along and the upside is a nice little swim in the evening allows you to kind of think about and process your day. And that was really, really cool, man. Uh, and you're like, well, you know, I got to swim and I got to do like, I got to do like uh, 500s on a, on a this and I got to do 10 100s on a that. And believe me, I know all about that stuff. And, uh, you know, I got to do uh, 10 100s I am on a whatever last 25 sprint. <laughs> well, you really don't need to do that for open water swimming. You really just need to practice freestyle the most. The other strokes are good, but breaststroke's a good one. But then uh, the other thing is you mix in intervals of drag shoot and that does all the thinking for you, man. I did 10 minutes warm up and then five minutes drag shoot. And then I did, I just kept repeating that. Did that three times. But now the second 10 minutes is not warm up. It's uh, just cruise easy, work on technique. And five minutes drag shoot. And then 10 minutes easy. And then five minutes drag shoot. And I was done. No thinking, just doing and letting the drag shoot do uh, throw in the resistance for you. And that would be just like going out on a bike ride and biking easy and then doing a five-minute hill. And then biking easy and then doing a five-minute hill. And then biking easy and doing a five-minute hill. That's it. And hills are where the magic happens, man. It's the exact same thing. Although I just had a, uh, a downside that I've realized, a fear. It has not happened yet. Something in the area, fear stands for, I don't know, whatever. But something realized, not yet realized. But uh, now I know what's going to happen as I'm going to get out of the pool and it's going to be late. And then I'm going to turn on my cell phone. Oh, sitting in the hot tub was nice, by the way. Woo, that was cool. And everybody's got fake boobs. What is up with you people? Is that a thing? Is it like tattoos? Everybody's got to get fake boobs. Anyway, the uh, I noticed that in the you know the more popular weightlifting gym now. And uh, anyway, I'm uh, yeah I'm turning on my phone and I'm like, oh, I know what's going to start happening. I'm going to start getting text messages from Emily. Hey, while you're out. 
can you get go over to the grocery store and get this and this and this and this and this and, this. and I'm gonna be like oh now she's taking advantage of me and trying to ruin my life by making me actually do useful things that should be my TV show useful things instead of needful things stranger things she's gonna make me do useful things while I'm uh, out and I don't want to I don't want to be useful uh, let's see another thing driving in my neighborhood now and there's uh, Christmas tree lights everywhere and if you don't already man running at night through subdivisions with tons of Christmas lights is so much fun it's so cool you get to see more and more come up and then how they do it and then if there's been a wind storm like we just had today like high wind then you get to see stuff all knocked down you get to see the people that are very upset that there's not enough Christ in Christmas so they put crosses in their yards and all that. It's a little wackadoodle. And then, let's see. Well, I guess that is the whole point. But the uh, yard decoration shouldn't be to prove a point, though. I think it should just be to enjoy. And uh, let's see, what else did I get done? I think that's about it. Oh, so I'm swimming. And I'm like, oh, crap, I got to get some coaching done. I'm behind. And all of a sudden, my swim went from this pleasant meditative state to like, oh, shoot, man, I need to go ahead and get done and get back to the house. Ugh. So that was uncool. All right, but that's it. I'm uh, now pulling up in the driveway, and we are here. Okay? Sign here, here, and here. I'm out. Bang. All right, let's take a break from the show to check out our Velo Insurance Bike Insurance Bike of the Week. He doesn't know what it is. <laughs> Today's bike is the Trek Speed Concept, but not just any Trek Speed Concept, because lots of us have one of those or wish we had one of those. That's a familiar bike. But we have the Trek Speed Concept has been out for quite a while now. I'm actually expecting an update uh, sometime soon, I would think. But Tim Reed's trek speed concept so i saw this on gtn global triathlete network which is a newer youtube channel and let's see the date on this september 9th so it's a little bit old but i was cruising through all the bike porn that's out there and looking for something uh, that wasn't just uh just bike specs but you know a little bit more of a story to it and they uh do an interview with tim reed uh, not only about what's on the bike, but why. And it's a customized bike with some cool features on it. And I encourage you to go check it out. Let's see, GTN. You go to YouTube and uh, Global Triathlon Network. Yeah, uh, September 9th, 2017. And this bike is highlighter yellow and bright red. It's like the most heinous color combination. Uh, but it works somehow-ish. And... It's also, let's see, it's got a disc wheel, but he starts going over the different parts on it. That is really interesting. He said that he had some back pain and moved the cockpit and I guess the seat forward. I've done that to help with back pain. If you have stuff pushed back too far, you end up pinching your back, sort of like pushing your butt 
out to the back and uh, moving everything more and more forward as forward as you possibly can kind of stretches your body out and puts less uh, torque on your back joints joint joints and the uh, the thing with the cockpit though he talks about it's hard to tell because the rear wheel is up off the ground an inch or so and the front wheel is not but the cockpit actually tilts up just a little bit and he talks about that it cradles him so it keeps him from falling over the front because you're so far out front uh, for more stability it's nice to have you um, caught it's like cupping you so that you don't fall over the front which is pretty cool and another really interesting thing to look out for on this bike is a uh, custom carbon fire fire carbon fiber um, slathering I guess we'll call it to make a little disc cover for his cranks and this is something that I've seen some people do I'm not sure it's entirely legal to uh, do aftermarket aerodynamic gains of adding materials and stuff like that but small stuff uh, people don't seem to care and i'd actually be interested to know if anybody out there knows if um doing it yourself versus buying it aftermarket and then adding it on or something i don't know it's weird but his crank looks like a, a solid disc and that's definitely more more arrow one thing we always forget about we spend so much money on arrow this and arrow that and then your crank is this big saw blade flying through the air that's got hollow segments through it, which just catches more and more air. It's kind of ridiculous. So anyway, check out Tim Reed's Trek Speed concept because of all the ideas he's got out there that will kind of authorize you to try out some different stuff too. Tim Reed's Trek Speed concept. All right, but let's talk about our main sponsor of this episode, Velosurance Bike Insurance. Oh man, they are in the business of insuring bikes. This is my favorite line. Carbon fiber does not react well to sliding across the blacktop or crashing into a downed rider <laughs> or car. And if that ever happens, there is a company that can save you those big out-of-pocket repair bills. They've been in business since 2012 and as of months ago, had insured over 30,000 high-value bikes and their owners. I'm sure it's way more than that by now. And they reached out to uh, me and I uh, out back to them and said, hey, we got to get you guys on the podcast because Zentri is about uh, high-end bike racing and we spend a lot on our bikes and you guys would be perfect to get on the show because I... Before they were ever a sponsor on the show, when I did Ironman Canada, I went and got Velosurance for my new Trek Speed concept because we're traveling. I paid a lot of money for that bike, and if something happened to that bike, I needed coverage ASAP. And yeah, I remember my bike got scratched up. The fork got damaged down to the through the paint into the carbon fiber on uh, on transportation to um, to Ironman Canada from Texas. Can you believe that? That was crazy. And let's see, what does, what will Velosurance do for you? Velosurance, bike insurance, do for you. They pick up 100% of, oh wait, I don't want to misspeak. There are optional coverages available, like worldwide coverages, medical to cover the gap between what you have to pay and when your health insurance 
company picks up 100%. That's that's 100%. Liability protection if you're ever faced with a lawsuit related to your bike, uninsured motorist coverage, and even stranded cyclist coverage that is a free 35-mile ride home for you and the bike. You can't just leave your bike there if you get stranded out on the road. I'd imagine I'd be like, take the bike. <laughs> Save yourself. I'll sit here on the side of the road, get my bike back safe. I can figure I can figure out how to survive out here, but my bike can't. The cost for roadside coverage is only $10 a year, cheaper than a pair of socks. Isn't that crazy? Let's see. They have a standalone policy uh, in 47 states and Washington, D.C. And you can find out more about VeloSurance Bike Insurance by contacting Dave at VeloSurance.com. And so it's V-E-L-O-S-U-R-A-N-C-E, VeloSurance.com. And he will personally review your quote and see if you qualify for additional discounts. Oh, and you get, um, if you're a USAT member, and you better be a USAT member, uh, and USAC member, you get a 10% credit. How about that? That's some good stuff, guys. I'm so proud to have them on the podcast. That's a real sponsor right there, buddy. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and get back to the show. Here we go. Yo, 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 we are back. It is Wednesday morning on my way to W to the ERK and had a great run this morning. But before that, I got up and started walking and I had zero pain under my heels from plantar fasciitis. So... I would say my plantar fasciitis is 99% healed. And this is a landmark moment. Super excited. I'm not going to do it on this show, but I recovered from plantar fasciitis from uh, being, I mean, so wrecked from it. And I recovered it while increasing my running up to 47 miles per week. So in a future episode, I'm going to talk about all the little things that I did. But one thing I want to tell you right now that I did is I kept a daily log. I used Todoist, T-O-D-O-ist, as my um, task list. And that's an art in itself that I'm going to talk about in another show. All the things I learned about how to do a task list properly, um, how not to do it, everything. Uh, And one of my repeating daily tasks, that means it repeated every day. I wake up in the morning, sit down, and I log how my foot felt this morning and why. Injuries is what the is what the entry is called, and it timestamps it when I make a comment on it. And then I check it off, and then it shows up again tomorrow. And I would, this forced me to um, document what made it worse and what made it better and then just because it's in front of my face I would tend to do less of what made it worse because I'm writing it down when you're forced to put things into words you're forced to think about it so I would uh, do less of what made it hurt and more of what made it not hurt and a lot of it is the uh, sleeping in the the, uh, boot at night so that your calves don't um, seize up because it's, it's weird. It's almost like mental. Um, your brain tells your calves to tighten. And it may not be your brain, but your body tells your 
calves to tighten up overnight to protect them to and then that makes your uh, feet hurt and uh, then it pulls against your your uh, the bottom of your heel and inside of your arches and all that so there was a lot of that and I was just emotionally it's huge huge I was talking to Morgan yesterday and I said I um, like psychologically and emotionally not being injured and being able to do what you want to do is so liberating if I had any advice it was just it's just to never be injured and I've got so much to uh, I'm going to talk about in future shows the psychology of how to handle injury I was like on the bleeding edge of being depressed and I developed all these tricks to try to keep my mental state from shattering and just protecting myself from, I was so fragile mentally, emotionally, that as I'm healing, I developed all these tricks to deal with the depression and just try to maintain a grasp on reality and not coming apart so that I don't quit and so that I don't unleash on uh, and become a horrible person because uh, sometimes I could tell that I was like on the verge that <laughs> you're just so frustrated um, so I'm going to give all those tips in future episodes my point right now is to say that I got up and for the first time ever in two years or more over two years I started to walk and that's my big indicator I walked and I had no pain under my heels none now I said 99% because if I roll my heel inwards and put pressure on the inside of my heel um, then I could feel some pain some soreness some tenderness a little bit of tenderness and so that was still there so but that's I think that's related but not actually like a huge problem and um, I will overcome that over time. All right, now, let's see. My workout this morning. This has more to, more to do with uh, engineering and strategy and tips. Uh, I could either bike or run this morning. And I looked at the weather forecast and it was, very, even though it was cold outside, it, it was very, it's like 40, 42 or something like that. Very, very light rain, if any rain, on the radar. And, uh, yeah, cold. Uh, and while this evening, if uh, I worked, I ran outside, it was going to be like 80% chance of rain. It's going to be worse, basically. And I was like, okay, now that means I'm going to run outside this morning and then bike inside tonight. And I was able to do that by using the weather prediction tool, uh, replacing luck with actually scientific knowledge <laughs> and uh, planning and being smarter and not just, uh, I don't know, you know, just kind of go do whatever and, and wonder, you know, and then blame the universe for um, the conditions you're in when you could actually just go look and know. And let's see. 200 calories of maltodextrin, seven miles. I haven't looked at my overall pace. 
Oh, but um, I have a habit of trying to make my average pace for the whole workout you know, a certain speed, and that's how I judge myself. That is very bad. It is very dumb, and we should not do that, and I know that. It's just kind of it's something that I fall into on occasion. Um, you should just let your warm-up be your warm-up, and so a trick is to look at the last few um, or a significant chunk of the end after your warm-up of your, of your run, and then kind of look at, at that um, and let your warm-up your first few miles, let's say of your run or of your bike ride or whatever, just be what they are and let your systems come online and don't judge them too much. Don't judge the overall. Ju- don't hate the player. Hate the game. And don't hate the overall. Hate the warm-up. <laughs> but then get over it and look at uh, your last few miles. So I still have to do that this morning on Strava is go look. Um, that's where I tend to look at my running because it's got a nice, easy uh, gap analysis where I can look at uh, graded, grade assisted performance, grade, adjust, grade adjusted performance, and so it, it's like, how would you have run if it was flat ground? And then those are where I, I kind of throw away, I mentally throw away the first uh, few miles, and then start looking, and I go, whoa, I was running a low eight-minute mile after warm-up because if you're out racing you would warm up before your race anyway and um and then i'm like okay that's improved and that's nice now another thing that i did this was so great and i felt um confident this was another thing of not being injured allows you freedom and it allowed me the freedom of feeling confident that i could go out and run as many or as little hills as i wanted to because i wasn't worried about my feet uh, being injured anymore And that was my whole point. If you can do anything in your athletic life, just don't get injured. And as soon as you start to get injured, heal it because you are a prisoner of having to do certain things and being pulled around by your nose like a bull with a ring in its nose, being towed around by what your injury is making you do instead of um, if you're not injured, you can just do anything. So as soon as you can recover from your injury so that you can get back to being free and you know, uh, discipline is freedom well, it's also injury free is freedom is <laughs> another thing so I was uh, running this morning and I was like oh now since I'm injury free ish right 99% injury free I can add in swap out another uh, cul-de-sac with a steeper one which I did, which was uh, very, very cool. And uh, yeah, I was just very excited about that. And then, oh, I noticed while running, I was able to run. I've been doing squats in, uh, in my training, my weightlifting. And I've noticed that I'm able to run with more power and it's more comfortable, uh, feels good. Gotta be careful how you mix those in. So they don't compromise your other workouts too much. You just got to complement your other workouts. You start doing squats. You got to pull back a little bit on intervals and other stuff that you're doing uh, on the bike and on the run. And then uh, what's coming up is Emily and somebody I coach uh, are going to do a half marathon on Sunday. So that's really exciting. And we're just kind of keeping an eye on that. 
I thought I was going to have to go support her. And so I asked her this morning after I was done running and I said, Hey, um, anyway, I can, I was like, crap, I could go run that marathon instead of just standing around the finish line. I could actually go run that, uh, not marathon, half marathon because I'm doing that in training. I could go jog it and have fun. And then I could be there and, um, exercise while I, while I'm there to help Emily, uh, support Emily at the finish line. Right. Um, and she goes, why would you go do that half marathon? I don't, or why would you do that? And I go, because I'll be bored uh, waiting around. And she said, uh, I don't want you, I wouldn't, I wouldn't plan on you going anyway. (laughs) And I go, what? And she goes, I got my friends. She's running with two other ladies. And I was, and she was like, I don't need you. And I was like, whoa, okay. Well, that's good, I think. But that's a nice upside um, with your training group. You can, you can do races and have uh, your buddies support you along the way and enjoy that. So anyway, and then I was like, well, crap, then I can stay at home and do my own thing with Kai. And Kai ran eight miles on his own the other day at, at a nine and a half minute mile. It's a 13 year old and uh, just jogging. And I was really impressed with that. That's pretty cool. All right, that's it. I got to go into W to the ERK out bang. All right, we are done with my morning run. Another improvement. Oh my gosh, this is so great. I was seeing times in the sevens. I've got it lapping every half mile. Let's see what my total is. I'm gonna hear it beep. Let's see. Saving, Mr. Herman. <laughs> oh. All right. 7.18 miles. 59 minutes 47 seconds which is an 819 pace ooh that is a Kona qualifier run pace oh, a thousand calories holy crap a little morning run and I was taking the hilly route the hillier route and What I was doing was cruising the downhills, just jogging the downhills with a long stride, and then working the uphills a little bit harder because that's a nice workout. And let me cover the microphone here. Now I gotta take out the recycling. <laughs> After enlightenment, chop wood. After enlightenment, clean your bowl. After a great run take out the recycling zen in 2017 hello i'm back hey doggy what are you doing what are you doing what are you doing all right let's take a break from the program and talk about one of our great sponsors amrita bars a m r i t a amrita bars you can get, let's see, what is the discount? I know the discount code ZEN. Get 15% off your order at amritahealthfoods.com on Amrita Bars with using the discount code ZEN. And what are Amrita Bars? Oh my gosh, they are the best. They are a longtime sponsor of Zentry because I've been using them for a long time. The owner and founder is a cyclist. 
and he wanted to make bars that actually give you plenty of energy, are healthy, very, very healthy, and go down easily. And he nailed it. He nailed it a long time ago. This stuff is so good. They have uh, seeds instead of nuts. So if you have a nut allergy, they're wonderful for you. They have all kinds of awesome flavors and they're um, a bit soft and chewy so you don't get dry stuff all in the back of your throat whenever you're doing 30 miles an hour and you take a bite of one of these things. The way I eat it is I open up the end of the wrapper and uh, while I'm riding or sometimes before the ride and then I um, squeeze out like as much you know, a third of the bar maybe a quarter of the bar and take a bite and then drink it with some water and it's got cardamom in it and that's a soothing spice that's awesome for the stomach and that's just it's just amazing amazing stuff and on top of that they have really cool kit they've got some of the my favorite actually of uh, cycling jerseys out there and they got a triathlon kit cycling jersey uh, socks you know like cycling socks running socks they're black with amrita written across them and it's really cool font and color it's really awesome so you can get yours by going to amritahealthfoods.com and looking for a place where you check out your order and typing in the code ZEN and you get 15% off. That's huge. That's huge, 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 huge. All right, let's go back to the show and see what's up. Here we go. All right, I just finished up a run and I got contacts in and I'm trying to see what I actually did it in. Ooh, I think that's my fastest run, fastest morning run. <laughs> that's pretty good. Recovering from plantar fasciitis, leaning forward just the tiniest, tiniest bit higher cadence 827 pace for seven miles oh, that's really 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 great so last night cut the workout a little bit short was planning on doing four intervals on the bike just did three five minute long intervals one minute arrow one minute standing one minute arrow one minute sitting one minute arrow three out of the five minutes there doing an arrow because arrow is the most important but you got to mix in the others and after uh, 45 minutes of that I, I was pretty much done but this morning I got up and I could not find my Apple AirPods case and didn't quite tear up the house looking for them because I learned from being patient that they will turn up. <laughs> so just go about your business, do your thing. Even though I did look tons and uh, just could not find them. And Emily uh, texted me while I was on my run. She went to go swim. She texted me that she found the case. Oh, my AirPods were dead. So she found the case on. Um, wrapped up in the sheets the thing is the case is white the sheets are white but 
that reminds me of uh, two other things. Well, really one other thing. Running without music, man. That's neither here nor there. But this morning, um, the past few workouts, I've been going without a heart rate strap and just going by pushing myself a little bit more. I've been doing triathlon. Fans of the show have been doing triathlon for so long that aerobically we're fit. It is such a struggle for me to get out of zone two that I don't need something to keep me in it. So I was just kind of going by feel. And I've been having some really great workouts, going a little bit harder, a little bit faster, just kind of pushing myself a little bit more. And that's really nice. So now we have my fastest run this morning since my foot injury. I keep having one like or two a week, <laughs> just improving, improving, improving. But I'm about to top out to where I was before I need to start losing some weight. I'm 192 this morning. But anyway, let's go inside, let's see what's happening. Hello? Hello? I'm recording. I see uh, Coach Suji staring at me. Kitty cat. Did you get my text? Yeah, I saw that. I ran the fastest I've run. Oh, yeah? Yeah, 827 pace. I was booking. How was, how was your swim? That's good. What was it like? I, I was the only one in the pool again. It's like the third time in a row. Okay. So that was good. Um, I, I felt tired, but I was, I kept going. I did 1100 yards. So what'd you do for your, uh, did you do any intervals or just swim? I just swam. Did you do, did you meditate? I tried not to fall asleep in the hot tub after. Oh yeah? Mm -hmm. The hot tub was pretty cool, huh? Mm -hmm. Yep, it was. Yeah. So. Yep, it was good. Yeah. I'm tired, so. Yeah. I knew you'd probably find my, when I got that text message, I was like, oh, I bet Emily found them. Because uh -huh. she's cleaning up the hurricane. Yep. That's what, what you say anyway. Yeah. Maybe we should call you FEMA, because you're always cleaning up after uh, the mess. Uh, they don't have a very good reputation, though. So. <laughs> they do, too. They're the uh, best. Okay. I'm FEMA trained. Well, it's other people that are the problem. Okay. Oh, that felt great. Okay, I'm gonna turn this off. Oh, some guy in a pickup truck almost hit me, cutting the corner. Was it that truck that lives at the house that's for sale on Ravenson Loop? No. Where they no. have a really steep driveway? There's no. There's usually like two or three big trucks that pull in and out of there real fast. <clears throat> All right, we are on the way to W to the ERK. We had something absolutely crazy here happen in Texas. We had several inches of snow dump, super fluffy, powdery snow dump uh, for several hours, many hours. The snow came down, I took lots of pictures, put it on Instagram. I'm Zen Triathlon on Instagram. And it's very unusual for here. Um, I'm not a native Texan. I actually was born in Ohio and then lived in Tennessee and then uh, Alabama before moving here. So I'm very experienced with uh, snow. So I'm not like freaking out like, oh my God, like, wow, I've never seen it before. But we can go uh, long periods here without any snow, several years, and then it'll snow. And actually, I used to snowboard when I lived in San Diego. I got actually uh, almost good at it. <laughs> 
I was so terrible for so long and still never really got um, really any good at it. I, I liked the green slopes and such. But, um, and then when I was a little kid, um, we had sleds and all that stuff. My brother, there's a story where my brother had another kid behind him and they were sledding down our hill in Cincinnati. And then my brother didn't tell the kid behind him to duck as he went under a split rail fence and sent the other kid to the hospital with his forehead cracked open. Oh, man, that was uh, pretty fun. But anyway, so I'm driving to work and there's just snow. It stayed overnight and there's just snow piled up everywhere. There's uh, snowmen, but the, uh, the streets are perfectly fine. So it's really fun. It's like a winter wonderland. You can tell I'm pretty excited. Uh, let's see, swam last night and cut it short uh the weightlifting i've added in really stressed out my shoulder joints because it's new wow that looks beautiful that is so snowy and cool and um oh wow this is great and i was following emily a few minutes ago and snow was blowing off of her car you know it's just the things that uh if you live where it's snow you're like yeah so but to us it's like really uh, very, very, very unusual. And in fact, this amount of snow and this fluffy is uh, just crazy. Anyway, uh, so I cut the swim short. And then I noticed my plantar fasciitis started acting up again because I was doing um, uh, hard intervals on the bike, like three to five minutes. And then that's, uh, for me, that's uh, pretty high up there on the watts. Like, uh, you know, because I'm going short on intervals. Uh, 350, maybe a, uh, maybe 400 watts, probably not 400. But, um, and then I noticed the next day that my, um, my feet hurt, my right, my right heel hurt. And, uh, I was like, hmm. And like I've said before, you can get plantar fasciitis, not from running, but from cycling. And that's very unusual. If you Google it, very rarely do you find that that's mentioned and it came to my attention when Hella Fredrickson developed plantar fasciitis and she said something about that it came from the bike and I had it pretty bad at the same time and was trying to figure out what was going on. I was like, what? What, what, what? <laughs> and uh, then I started backing off the intense intervals on the bike and lo and behold, my plantar fasciitis started getting better. And also, that's... um. That's another thing I wanted to talk about was um, really, really short, hard intervals are actually not, it's fine to mix them in, but that's not um, the best all the time intervals to be doing on the bike for triathlon. You want to be doing sweet spot, which is about 90% of your FTP for like... Uh, so let's guesstimate that my FTP is around 300. So you're talking like 270 um, watts, which is nowhere near that 350, right? But for how many minutes? Like uh, 10, 20 minutes, even up to the, the uh, gold standard is 20 minutes, but maybe like 30 minutes sometimes. And... So anyway, I was doing that this morning and I've got a, a cool workout to uh, hand over to you guys to give a uh, try. 
try get it and it goes uh, you're sipping on fuel every five minutes so you warm up riding easy and just keep don't change gears into the next higher gear next harder gear until your rpms are around over 90 right and then that trains your high rpms And then, and then, um, as you're getting close to that five minute mark where you're gonna sit up and take a sip of fuel, take a little bit of a break for like 30 seconds to a minute, then there's a truck in front of me, snow's blowing off of it. Oh, it feels so cool. Then, um, so let's say it's about like three and a half minutes, arrow position. Um, medium RPM to higher RPM and then uh, uh, with about a minute left before you take your sip break then go into an extra harder gear but just one and that drops your your RPMs kind of low and you're having to kind of work it a little bit so like low 80 high 70 RPM and you work that for a while, but what I figured out, and then take a break and then go back to your, uh, ice on this bridge. Then you go back to your um, higher RPM, you know, and you just keep doing that for, these are like five minute breaks. And what I've noticed doing this over the past uh, many months is when you put it into a little bit too harder of too hard of a gear, you actually learn, your body learns how to turn over that gear more and more efficiently. So eventually what happens over a few workouts, um, you're lear- you've learned, you've gotten stronger and you've learned how to turn that gear over at now like 85, 88 RPM. And it's a bigger gear, so it's more watts. And over a period of weeks to months, you can... Um, doing this kind of dosing yourself with uh turning over a bigger gear you get better at turning over a bigger gear you get more efficient at it and the next thing you know a few months down the road you're doing 30 more watts 40 and uh in case this one video i was watching this guy was doing 50 more watts by um exposing himself (laughs) to um higher uh to the bigger gears but just slightly a bigger gear and then because if it's too much of a bigger gear then you have to stomp and grind and you have to bump and grind but you have to um work it too hard but it's just like a minute and then a minute and a half and then like two minutes of um of a bigger gear that's just one gear um too big you actually learn how to get up and over it with every pedal stroke and pull up a little bit more and how to be more efficient and how to breathe and how to hold yourself and then the next thing you know even within the same workout you're uh you're going one gear bigger and um at the same rpm which is uh or almost the same rpm which is uh more power right and the whole time you've been training yourself to do it and that also doses you with the um, sweet spot um, without it being like one of these crazy hard intervals that takes so much time to recover from 
you're doing like a medium hard interval for long periods of time and that's the kind of stuff that uh, makes you a much 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 better triathlete because you want to stay constant and even but apply big power but not massive bursts of power because those compromise your run so it's perfect it's also the way they train for um, time trials Um, the video I found online was this guy that was trying to um, improve his time trial time he was at 53 minutes and he was trying to get below 50 and he got all this uh, training on uh, how to do it and one of it, one of the things was the big, big uh, doses, long doses of um, medium hard intervals, and learning how to sustain bigger output for long periods of time. And yeah, he increased 50 watts <laughs> in arrow position. Isn't that crazy? Absolutely crazy. Anyway, uh, yeah, he went from two. His arrow position FTP went from two. 200 let's say to 280 or something like oh no it was like 220 to 280 that would be 50 watts I think it was was very impressive and just a very average guy so it's possible for all of us alright I think that's it for right now and I'm going to go into W2ERK out bang oh I should mention I'm a I've been posting a lot of pics um, like a week ago my new running gloves they're like high vis yellow Uh, super cool they're by Defeat D-E-F-E-E-T. And Kai went outside and played in the snow with them last night. And I had to get them out of the muck this morning. Uh, But I'm wearing um, running gloves while I'm driving because getting in the car is cold. And um, I've got this pair. I think they're a few years old. I think I got them in San Francisco when I was doing Alcatraz, uh, the Alcatraz try. But they're uh, Brooks running gloves. And... This is really cool. You got to search for these if you can find them. They have a... They're iPhone friendly. iPhone screen friendly. And the, the coolest feature is there's a flap over the thumb where you can pull it back and then your thumb can come out. And so you can expose your thumb and then work your screen. It's super cool. And it's also got, uh, you know, the touchscreen friendly material on the fingertips but um, definitely love these things. And I wish they were in high-vis yellow. They might have made them in high-vis yellow, but uh, you've got winter you got winter stuff coming up and you want to cruise with your iPhone, then uh, try to find some gloves that have that on it. It's pretty neat. All right, that's it. Out, bang. Man, I was just listening to the uh, the Tony Robbins podcast and heard something really, really good. Uh, the episode is, I think the guy's name is Simon something, but anyway, Be the Last to Talk. And that's the name of the episode, and Tony Robbins isn't in it. And by the way, I mean, I used to, I, I didn't really think that too much about it, but I used to be suspicious that Tony Robbins is some kind of fraud and like, you know, one of these motivational speakers that's full of crap. And it is just absolutely crazy that this guy 
it, Tony Robbins is not. He's actually very authentic and real as much as you want to believe that he's not. But I'll leave that up to you. That's not my problem. I'm just saying, uh, if you think that, oh, it's Tony Robbins, but well, you've actually bought into the, um, the uh, false uh, narr- narrative that the public's decided. And actually, he's my perspective. I used to be that way and then just listening to him like, wow. Anyway, the, uh, the thing is about... Um, competition and so in triathlon we uh, have uh, we want to beat everybody else right and, and you want to be better than the other guy and this guy 35 minutes in this episode he's talking about they're talking it's a business podcast but he's talking about business and he said businesses that think they're the best end up that's a trap and they end up failing because they get complacent. And, and then he says, and then by the way, just think about it. Think about people. Do you want to be friends with somebody that thinks that they're better than you? Or do you want to be friends with somebody that's constantly trying to improve themselves over themselves? Right? So the whole, the whole point is, do you, to try to be a better triathlete than you are, and then you have endless constant self-improvement, instead of trying to be better than others around you, which is annoying and, <laughs> and leads to uh, frustration and in triathlon, you know, like injuries and, and whatever. If you just try to be a little bit better than yourself, uh, it works out so much better. Now, I would say this is mostly true. Uh, competition against other people does drive you to be, um, you know, to up your game a little bit. And you do want to check in with what the competition's doing um, but maybe that's on race day and that's what races are for. Actually, that I've, I've thought, I've thought this for a long time. Races are where you check in and kind of see how you're doing, but in training, it just needs to be, and in your daily life, just try to up your game over your previous self just a little bit. And then it feels good. You're constantly improving. And then, um, the guy was saying that, when you're, when you're just going for trying to be the best versus other people, then you're constantly defending yourself against other people's attacks. And that gets old and painful. And there's also a little bit about how you, if, if you're just competing against other people and then you get to be the best, then there's no... Um, there's no trying anymore, which I kind of already said, but then um, when you're just trying to improve yourself and just be better than you were last time, there's constant innovation, which is critical. And they're talking about it in the business world, but that's constant. It's critical in triathlon. you be like, okay, I can do better than this. I can do better than this. I can keep trying. Okay, where can I improve on here? Where can I improve on there? What little thing can I do and keep improving? I thought it was really cool. So go check it out. Tony Rob- Tony Robbins Tony Robbins podcast uh, be the last to speak is the name of the episode 35 minutes in I was kind of like whoa that's pretty sh- that's some strong stuff yo anyway that's it out bang gonna go eat some free birds world burrito barrel hey do you want to help keep Zentri on the air well you can by going over to zentrathlon.com it is the website where I put links and descriptions of all the shows and also on the left-hand side, there is a link to a super easy, simple PayPal button. 
you can go there and either do a one-time donation or you can do a recurring donation. And if you do, then you get your name mentioned on the show every single time. And you get my email address so that you can ask questions personally behind the scenes. I'll answer any kind of question you got. I obviously love to talk. So you ask me about something triathlon, I will give you the answer. But also there is a different way to help support the show where you get something back right into your fuel hole, your mouth. It's called Hornet Juice. Hornet Juice is on the right-hand side of zentriathlon.com and it's a purple and yellowish link and it is an amino acid that you add to your fuel. It's a protein basically that you add to your fuel and it's only like 60 calories per packet but what it does is that special blend of amino acids turns on fat burning. This was all about fat burning and keto before keto was even a thing. So what it does is it simulates what the Japanese killer hornet <laughs> does and it uses the saliva, its own saliva to uh, that has this amino acid blend in it to turn on its own fat stores and when it does that it becomes the longest flying body weight uh, to distance ratio animal in the world and it can do that eating nothing and just filling off of its own body fat so scientists realized this figured out what it was doing and then simulated the same amino acid blend in humans so that we can do the same thing and not only is that really cool, but also it actually really works. And I get emails back from people all the time about how well it works. I remember the first time I ever took it, I was riding with a tri-boomer and another guy. And the, uh, they said, what is happening? And I said, oh, yeah, I guess it's the, uh, the Hornet juice. I just kept, I felt like a diesel truck. And I could just keep going and going. There's no buzz. There's no high that you're going to have a crash afterwards. It's just seemingly endless energy. It's really great. And one packet lasts not just 30 minutes, but an hour and a half. So two packets for a three-hour bike ride. And then you can also add it to uh, other stuff that you eat uh, or drink. It tastes a little bit like grapefruit. It's got uh, this really cool kind of flavor to it. But anyway, it's made and comes from New Zealand. So if you go to Hornet Juice on the right-hand side and get yourself a 10-pack or a 20-pack, you get an email reply from me that says, howdy, because I'm from Texas, you know. And it says, howdy, your Hornet juice is on its way. And it comes from New Zealand, so it'll take an extra five, 10 days to get there. So be patient because it is worth it. It is so awesome. So with Hornet juice, not only do you support the show, but you get uh, something, you get an email from me, and then you have my email address, and then you also... Uh, get something cool to help your training and then also you get something fun and exciting that's uh, interesting and you know just different to show your friends and it comes from New Zealand you get something from New Zealand uh, all around it's just like this super cool trifecta of of awesomeness that's a lot of fun that totally makes it worth it all right that is our sponsors and Hornet Juice so let's go ahead and get back to the show here we go all right, leaving the pool. This should be the last entry. I'm gonna make it be the last entry. Set my phone down. I got way too much crap. I feel like I need a wagon. Anybody else feel like that? With all the food and the equipment. Learned something last night. 
I don't know where I read it. Oh yeah, lifehacker.com, which is good and bad place to hang out. Um, you're much more likely to remember something if you say it out loud. And we all kind of know that, but it's nice to, uh, you know, scientific study shows that. And I said out loud, one, to fix something on the pool this morning before I left the house. And two, to get, and I did that. I said that last night and then I did that this morning. And then two, to get some stuff out of my swim bag when I got to the car, when I was done swimming this morning. And I did that. And now I just did it. So now we're at the, uh, the point where we're actually getting in the vehicle is in Tribe Mobile Studios. And I've still got handfuls of crap. <laughs> Welcome to the Handfuls of Crap Podcast. Are we back? Okay, we are back. Emily called to tell me she lost our anniversary jewelry that I got her. A little tiny heart necklace down the drain. And what do we do? <clears throat> anyway, let's see. We have a big plant fasciitis recovery news and yeah, we'll just all around that kind of stuff. So uh, I looked at my total running and I did two 14 mile days back to back and on uh, one on Saturday, one on Sunday. I did half a mile longer on Sunday. Um, and man, on Sunday, I was beat up man oh my gosh i hurt and kai rode his bike with me the second half and we were talking and stuff and i was telling him, this is awesome ultra running and iron man training is back-to-back uh, medium to long run days uh, that way you're fresh shish you know with fuel and everything but you're just training on on beat up legs so that on race day when you're running and you're all beat up then uh you're not scared you know because a lot of that's mental you're like oh i'm hurting myself i need to go back but you've been there before it's conquering the fear kind of stuff you've been there before and it's uh so it's not scary and you can run through it and i ran faster day two than day one i ran a 903 pace minutes per mile for 14 and a half miles and uh i looked at my totals uh training peaks totals up there's a column you can add to your training piece which i highly recommend and it's totals mileage and uh hours and i ran 50 miles this week well it's 49.8 <laughs> i was like damn it <laughs> just two tenths of a mile and i go to run 50 miles but anyway i'm just rounding it up i ran 50 miles this week and that's uh that's it man that's for iron man training 50 miles is uh, more than plenty. And once you're up to that kind of volume, you need to be working on speed instead. And uh, yeah, so I'm super, super stoked. I got my running volume up and I noticed something else really interesting. I've got a window open over here. On Friday, I think it was, maybe Thursday. Anyway, I did a hard bike ride, sorta, and then the next day, my feet hurt, my right foot hurt. And then on uh, Saturday and Sunday, I ran both days and did not bike. And even though I ran 50 miles this week and both of those days were monster mileage, uh, relatively speaking to where I came from, 
um, my feet did not hurt. But the day after I biked hard, my right calf was tight and my uh, foot hurt. My plantar fasciitis hurt. So my plantar fasciitis is definitely, I don't know if it's caused by cycling, but it's um, aggravated by cycling while running does not seem to bother it, at least anymore. And maybe it was never really the huge cause anyway. It was uh, really hard bike intervals. How about that? And then I, uh, let's see, Saturday afternoon, I went swimming instead of biking. Uh, because I was so beat up from the running, I figured I did not need to bike. And I uh, swam instead. And I got back into the groove of swimming almost nonstop for an hour. That was hard because I haven't been doing that lately. And um, it was difficult. And there's a whole lot to swimming nonstop and to do anything nonstop. That's really good Ironman training because that helps you work on the efficiency, that just that pure volume. And then kind of measuring yourself along the way, like swimming, or like running, you can go, what's my heart rate versus my, um, my average pace, right? Or my current pace or my pace per, my, per last slip, slip, lap. What the hell was that? Anyway, and then, uh, let's say like flip turn or something. I don't know where I was going with that. But swimming, you can do... Uh, what is my average pace versus strokes, strokes per length? So it's kind of like your efficiency. And the more volume you swim, the more stretched out you get, the more uh, limber you get, the more hydrodynamic, aerodynamic you get. And you work on those things, and then you notice you go faster with uh, less effort. And I've, I went back to uh, having the beep timer, but being really gentle with it. Uh, one set it to a 124 pace because I was pretty sure I could make that uh, without too much stress and I did and it was nice it was like a positive thing uh, mindset that I was beating it even though I I said it for me like really slow and then I was beating it I'm like yay look at me go and so that's like positive positive thinking training set your set your standards low and then when you beat them (laughs) then uh, you uh, feel good about yourself and that's really all that matters is, is your perception of how you feel. And that was a Saturday. Well, Saturday, I just, yeah, swam nonstop. And I just gave up on uh, trying to, I turned the timer off. I just gave up and just said, you know, this goal is just to try to swim nonstop for an hour, which I was having trouble with. And I did. Stopped a couple times to adjust my swim cap, but in general, swam nonstop. And then today did the same thing and it was a little bit easier and I went a little bit faster and swimming is awesome for running recovery even biking recovery because it um, that gentle kicking this is swimming without kick drills just swim gently Uh, try not to kick too much Uh, really flushes out the legs and helps your legs recover like I feel feel I'm lying to myself, actually. I feel like I could go run right now, I'm, but that's because I'm sitting down. I know if I started jogging, I would go, ow, 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 ow. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so that's it. Everybody, stay safe out there. Work the uphills, cruise the downhills, and keep the rubber side down.